0: So, Harry, yeah. what is the most dramatic argument you've ever had with one of your parents?
1: Hmm. You know, I'm not sure if I can think of anything there.
0: Really? T- nothing?
1: No, I was actually a pretty perfect child, so... Uh, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Now, even when you were a teenager, you never had like a, you know, I hate you, bah! You know, <laughs> melodramatic <laughs> argument. Nope, nothing I can remember. What, what is your life? It's
1: very... it's, it's great. <laughs> just, I think
0: one day you're gonna just go on a killing spree. It's just gonna snap. Something in your brain's <laughs> gonna snap, and you're just gonna kill us all. Well, you're first on my list. Oh, great. Okay.
1: <laughs> what list? No, he's got a list. He <laughs> <Who> said that. <laughs> Some- Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Boxer, the podcast, where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to... I've got the wrong note <laughs> open. It says Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Smith. That was last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to just go with it and see. like, can I, can I pull this through?
0: No. The, the only thing you need to change is the title. Yeah, bit, the yeah,
1: yeah but I'm a bit later on, and I forgot oh, what okay. this one was called okay. as well. Go on, go on. Welcome back, everybody, to... (laughs) I'm leaving this in. (laughs) I'm not removing this. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast, where today we're pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Mildred Pierce. There we go. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most ambition to open a restaurant. I can see that in your future. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always thought of doing it. Yeah. Th- though now I'm not quite sure if I want to take that big jump to like, yeah, I need a big loan and I'm going to put everything on the line and this is going to work out great. That, th- it, it can go
0: badly wrong. Yeah, 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 But you know, all business ventures are a risk. Uh, and joining me as always,
1: the host with the least chance of getting away with murder is John Lucas. We,
0: we, it seems to be like running thread recently, but this one of us is going to kill the other one thing. <laughs> Do you think we've been doing this podcast too long? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway then john so mildred pierce
0: yes what do you think of this well i chose it so obviously i uh, i like it mm-hmm. uh i chose this film because I mean, that just because you chose it doesn't mean that you like it i've chosen many a film that i don't like that's true but i do like this film i do i do i quite... never aim to no that's fair, fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough no but i do like this film. uh i mean this is the f- third part of my little series that i kind of envisioned in my head it's mm-hmm. a, of kind of classic movies which before this we hadn't done before so we did sunset boulevard yeah then we did All About Eve. Yeah. And then I thought, hmm, I can go somewhere with this. <laughs> I don't know if you've have you figured out what I'm doing yet. Well, yeah. Yeah. So you know what the fourth <laughs> one's going to be. Yeah, now, yeah, right? yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, great. So spoiler alert <laughs> for two weeks from now, we're going to do whatever happened to Baby Jane. So yeah. I thought I'd do a classic Betty Davis, mm-hmm. which we did with All About Eve, mm-hmm. and a classic Joan Crawford, mm-hmm. which is this movie, Mildred Pierce. This is the movie yeah. for which she won her Oscar. Mm-hmm. It was a big comeback for her after a few years of not being very successful. Then it was a huge, huge hit for her. Mm-hmm. One of the Oscar very famous story where she was too scared of uh not winning the oscar to go to the ceremony oh, so right, when she really? won all the press turned up at her house. she said she, was, she had pneumonia she said she was sick oh she didn't even go at all she didn't go oh no she went she pretended to be sick and she right. was like oh i've got pneumonia it's really bad yeah. and then she won and immediately all the journalists descend on her mansion and she was just outside like thank giving us a thank you speech like she was fine like, <laughs> what was she holding well she got given the award all, then, all right then, Like they raced then. the award over in in a car and gave it to her in her sick bed and then she's like oh I feel fine. Thank you. Like, <laughs> it's quite, quite fabulous. City. Yeah, yeah. Great. Right. Um, yeah.
1: So this poor, is like... Poor taste doing pneumonia. Sure. I don't know. Actually, yeah. Consider what <laughs> happens in this film.
0: Yeah. But it was something like that. Yeah. And I think it's just like, you know, all about Eve is like the quintessential Bessie Davis movie. And mm-hmm. this is the quintessential Joan Crawford movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sums up her whole screen persona. And I think it's a decent little kind of film noir. Like, you know, it's got that murder mystery element to it. Definitely. Yeah. 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 i'm almost afraid to ask what did you think it's got its pros and cons okay not a complete dud for you then yeah well no because i i feel like i i know what
1: happened Mm. for the most part i think i think i followed it to be honest i may have phased out before the end fair enough it is Um, a little long yeah yeah. and uh yeah cards on the table i didn't like this film that's fine but you didn't hate it no i don't think so
0: okay good so it had its moments fine Yeah. yeah
1: yeah Do not ask me to do a plot summary. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, this is the thing. Like,
0: <laughs> All About Eve is like, it's a, it's very much like a play as a movie. Mm-hmm. It's very theatrical. This, I think, is more like a soap opera as a movie. Yeah. Because so yeah. much happens. Like, yeah. So much happens to this poor woman. She really, like, goes through it.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, th- there's that. But a lot of it, I'm thinking, because it's told from, uh, like, her giving this interview to a detective. Yeah, it's
0: so mostly in flashback, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, detective who has already like made his mind up yeah like, i've got some questions about that mm. and so she just tells this long tale and like i'm just imagining the detective like come on please just wrap get it up point. bitch wrap it up yeah. <laughs> this is a long walk just to say
0: like no your daughter did it or whatever yeah no i agree <laughs> I-, I thought that's she really the film starts as a real it really it starts really strong i think really snappy with like you know, yeah we begin with a, a, a murder very dramatically you see yeah. a guy getting shot dead he stumbles to the ground. His last word, he croaks out before he dies is, Mildred. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> then we see the woman, Mildred mm-hmm. Pierce, Joan Crawford. We yeah. see this like vision in furs with this these crazy shoulder pads that are like... A, great outfits. Which, the outfits are amazing. All yeah. the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she looks great. Yeah. Uh, but the shoulder pads are like a particular Joan Crawford thing. Like mm-hmm. the, She looks like a football player. Like they're so, yeah. They're yeah. so big. I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so She's like in all this fabulous fur... Contemplating suicide, she's standing on the end of the pier Mm -hmm. and she puts one foot over. And then she's stopped by a passing police officer, Mm -hmm. who does not care. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I
1: I, I loved the the such lack of care for Mm. like an attempted suicide. Just like, no, you go home because otherwise I'm gonna have to get in there after
0: you. Now you go home. You walk on home. Yeah. He doesn't ask her like, "Are you okay? Yeah. Can I help? Yeah. Is anything wrong? It's just like, don't even think about it, bitch. Yeah." I'm wearing nice shoes yeah. <laughs> and he just like sends her on her way. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Like, this, a lot of this film is very camp, like it yeah. has a very, very camp quality to it.
2: What's on your mind, lady? You know what I think? I think maybe you had an idea you'd take a swim. That's what I think. Leave me alone. If you take a swim, I'd have to take a swim. Is that fair? because you feel like bumping yourself off I gotta get pneumonia never thought about that did you okay think about it go on beat it now go on home before we both take a swim
0: so she can't commit suicide so instead she's kind of wandering around in a daze and she is spotted by an old friend called a guy called Wally Mm -hmm. and Wally kind of brings her into his cocktail bar and buys her a drink and he kind of hits on her it seems like he does this all the time he makes this kind of kind of jokey but not jokey kind of pass at her mm-hmm. and unusually she agrees and she's like oh why didn't you come back to mine the booze is better and he's like well oh i'm in mm-hmm. but then she takes him back to the beach house which mm-hmm. is where the dead body's just been mm-hmm. shot
1: yeah I, initially at this point i'm like what, why are you taking somebody else back
0: here that's mm-hmm. that's not a good way to uh oh no she's to, got a plan to, she's to, got to, a to hide plan, a body yeah.
1: and then eventually i worked out what her plan was i was like. Oh, no, that's, that's pretty smart. Okay,
0: okay. I'm board with this. Yeah. I mean, it has some holes, but you know, yeah. <laughs> ultimately she... Yeah, she brings him back to the beach house. And then she makes an, an exit. Like, she goes mm. to change her dress or something. And then she, like, basically runs out of the building and yeah. into the night. Yeah. And he's left in there and discovers the body, the corpse, mm-hmm. of what it turns out to be Mildred's husband, mm-hmm. Monty. Yeah. And then he runs out of the building himself and is immediately apprehended by some passing police officers. Yeah, who just shoots at him?
1: Well, I think that she's she's called them because they they arrive with like sirens and stuff. Yeah, maybe.
0: But, but, they, but, he, but, but she wouldn't but, have called them because that would have meant her admitting she was in the house. Oh yeah. No, I think I think they were just supposed to be passing passing by. That is convenient because the the fact <laughs> that they like fully shoot at him yeah. before they even know that there's been a murder it's just yeah. like, oh, he looks suspicious. Let's just shoot him.
1: <laughs> I I, I, didn't, I didn't clock that they were just passers by. So mm. yeah, because I thought that they they sort of been. Called us and like, oh this man murdered my husband. And yeah. like, okay, I can see why like the shooting's still unnecessary, but at least I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. But yeah, this is that's a bit out of the blue.
0: It is cause then he says like oh there's, he says there's a stiff in the in the house. And, and at
1: no point do they suspect that he's involved.
0: So weird. Well I think the idea, obviously Mildred was trying to frame him. Mm. That's how we get to the flat. But the police
1: just don't take the bait on that. Not at at all, all, no. He had no motive. It's so weird. Yeah, but like, not even right away. When they're like, oh, we'll just help you. Oh, you just cut yourself shaving. Sure, Mm -hmm. I'll just uh, help bandage up your wrist. Like, oh, by the way, there's a dead body in there. Oh, that's interesting. All right, well, uh, yeah, I guess that you must have just been running back to the police station to tell us all about it. Like... What I no, think they're no. being
0: sarcastic at that point, Harry. Were they? But they yeah.
1: didn't—they didn't like arrest him or anything.
0: I think it was supposed to imply that they did briefly because they do mention how he's given some testimony. Right, I think they okay. do take him in, but then the detective has a very clear idea of. uh I, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the detective in the work in this movie is sloppy. <laughs> it's so it's bad. <laughs>
1: it's it's so unbelievably bad. Yeah, I I just I just don't get it. Like the guy that you find with the body, like. Mm. Surely he must be suspect number one. Yes. Surely mm-hmm. he's got to be suspect number. And then you find out they like, oh, the, the murdered man has a wife. Mm. Okay, and you know she's out of town or whatever. Like she's high. okay. She's suspect number two. Like yeah. she, she, she's she's <laughs> on the list. Yeah. But it's just it's never. No. When never.
0: when she goes, to, so she goes home. Mildred, who's done a runner, gets home to her house. Her other house. This is like all happened in a beach cottage, insurance. Yeah. She goes back to her main house, and there's police officers there with her daughter Vida, who's mm-hmm. like a teenager. And the police officers tell her your husband has been murdered, and yeah. they bring her in. But yeah, the d- detective's like, "Oh, no, you can go again. We don't suspect you. Yeah, it's clearly not you. Yeah, it's definitely your first husband, Bert. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely Bert, <laughs> who like has well, nothing to do with who, it. Who, who like for us
1: in the film has not been mentioned at all. No, yeah. no, not yet. Yeah, like he just comes in, she, like because she asks like, "Oh, could you please tell me who who did it?" And so yeah, they they bring this person in. Firstly, no tell her who did it. Don't show her because if like this person murdered her husband who she might be really attached to, <laughs> she might be really emotional if that person just walks into Oh yeah, into I the love room. the
0: big reveals as everyone's just like, bring them in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so it's a big reveal when like, like she brings TV. this man in and I'm like, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> have, we, have we seen this person before? And they literally have to say, oh, is this person your first husband? Like,
0: okay, this is, <laughs> well, <laughs> this is
1: a, this is getting silly now. Well, they're
0: setting, the thing is they're setting up all the suspects and then they're going to flash back and then it's going to tell you why each of them might have had a motive. It's yeah, like, but, you know. they,
1: but they barely are. Like, well, to be honest, I, I misinterpreted the first scene and I just thought it was Mildred that did it. And I was sure, like, yeah. okay, now it's just going to tell us the story of how Mildred did it. Mm-hmm. But like for, for no point did I ever think that it was the first
0: husband that we'd never <laughs> no, seen before. No. There's no reason <laughs> to suspect the first. I mean, the detective says, oh, it's technically his gun. So there's that, but... Yeah. And also... <laughs> yeah, of course. yeah. And, and also, I guess the fact that his wife had married a new man and maybe that would give him a re- but it's pretty it's pretty loose yeah compared to like as you say man who was found with the corpse and yeah. wife who did a runner like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's pretty like fair. man who
1: they probably had to like fly in from the other side of the country or something. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah but he just like i think he tries to take the rap at least initially yeah i, I didn't get that yeah at all well i guess he's still loyal to mildred like yeah but why i don't know because
1: because she, she doesn't treat him with any kind of respect throughout the the course of this film
0: no true but also he seems like a louse it's weird the film kind of makes him seem like at the end of the movie it's like she goes back to him spoiler alert but mm. at the beginning of the film like we, we get to the flashback now so Mildred's like no it can't possibly be bert he would never do that and the detective's like well, why not he's suspect number one yeah and then she goes into a flashback of the long meandering tale of a. Uh, their entire life up to this point. It's very long, isn't it? It is. And so little of it is actually relevant. No, it's really not. She's like, well, I used to make pies. I was married at 17. It's like, it's, <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
2: We lived on Corvallis Street, where all the houses looked alike. Ours was number 1143. I was always in the kitchen. I felt as though I'd been born in a kitchen and lived there all my life, except for the few hours it took to get married. Is that you, birth? Yeah, who else? I thought it might be Mrs. Whitley calling for a cake. Well, it isn't. I married Bert when I was 17. I never knew any other kind of life. Just cooking and washing and having children. Two girls, Vida and
1: Kay.
0: But anyway, we flash back, and she tells the tale about how she married Bert when she was seventeen. I just don't
1: get why the detective would even like give her the time of day. Like, yeah. as far as he's concerned, no, we've caught the killer. Yeah. Case, case closed. It's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bad detective work, but yeah. like, he's done that. Case closed. So why do I need to listen to
0: this whole bird's life story? Well, he's got some time, you know. <laughs> he didn't need to do some, He doesn't need to investigate any evidence or anything. He's he's, he's decided. Yeah. Okay. And also, to be fair, at the very end of the film, it does emerge that. This whole thing was a long con by the detective to make her incriminate her daughter,
1: right? Okay. So
0: there, there, there is a reason to it, but it's 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 a little bit yeah. loosey goosey, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we flash back <laughs> to the to Mildred's past, and it's four years earlier, and she talks about how she married Bert, her first husband, when she was like seventeen years old, and she's lived her whole life in the kitchen, just baking and cooking and being a perfect nineteen forties housewife. Mm-hmm. But then Bert loses his job mm-hmm. and kind of isn't very quick to get a new job, yeah, and isn't supporting the family. And she's got these two daughters who she absolutely spoils Ross and Mm -hmm. she she gives them all these expensive like piano lessons and singing lessons and dresses and everything they ever want. Yeah. Especially her eldest daughter, Vida, who she absolutely worships. Mm So Bert's not supporting the family and Bert's having an affair with a lady called Mrs. Biederhoff and he's not doing a very good job of hiding it. <laughs> yeah. Like, she literally calls the house up. Like, first of all, the woman he's having an affair with calls calls him at home. Mm-hmm. Mistake number one. And then so he picks up and he's like, I can't talk now. I told you, later. Like, he's he's not even trying. Like. <laughs> and she's like, well, that was Mr. Biederhoff again, wasn't it? And he's yeah. like, well, it's not none of your business. She's like, and then, so then they... And, she, and she's like look go and stay with her then and so they they agree to divorce because clearly this marriage is not working so, yeah or they agree to separate they don't agree to divorce they yeah, agree yeah. to separate so mildred's single now and she has to try and make some money to try and support the family mm-hmm. without her husband's help so initially she takes a job as a waitress mm-hmm. in in a restaurant but obviously
1: even like the the walk to her getting the job as a waitress mm-hmm. it's a long walk it's a long story of like, well, I went to this job and they said no. And I went to this job and they said no. And then I thought I'd get myself a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I,
0: I'm, skimming over the, I'm skimming over the filler for you. Hallie, oh yeah, you actually. are. Yeah, you're doing a great job. But yeah. she was terrible at it. She did. Yeah, she did. Like, There's the stuff that I'm not going to mention because it is an, uh, uh, this film is longer than it needs to be. <laughs> but she gets this job as a waitress. And it turns out she's a very good waitress. And within a couple of weeks, she's like the best waitress in the Tri-State area or something. Yeah. Just killing it on the waitressing. But she tries to hide it from her daughters, specifically Vida. This I do not understand at all. Mm. Like, why?
1: I, I it, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, why do you need to hide your job, the fact that you have a job? Mm. Because where's the money coming from otherwise? And like, it's also... As soon as she explains it to the daughters, they're like, "Oh, great! You're going to open a restaurant, and we're going to be millionaires."
0: Well, no. To be fair, Vida, it, it, the, the younger daughter, doesn't really get the time of day in this movie, no. apart from when she, you know when she croaks. But um, yeah. Vida is obviously a, very much like a snob, and I, f- I think she's like ashamed. I think Mildred doesn't tell Vida about being a waitress because she's ashamed that Vida would consider it a very like low class job. You know, there's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like classism in this film about mm-hmm. you know how she's grown up poor and she's having to like do this hard job for her family. So I think that's why. And then when she does, so basically she hides the job from Vida, but then Vida finds out and kind of torments her mother by making the uh, servant mm-hmm. wear the, the wear the outfit instead. Yeah. So when Mildred comes home, she sees that the servant, who is such a yikes, <laughs> 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 it's very much of its time. Uh, yeah. yeah, it it, it is. Uh, definitely a, a very stereotypical mm-hmm. black house. It's, it's actually one of the same actresses. She was also in Gone with the Wind in it playing pretty oh. much the exact same role. Right. So Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she makes the servant wear the waitressing dress and she kind of forces Mildred to admit that it's actually her waitressing outfit because she is working mm-hmm. as a waitress. And yeah, she's initially really horrified by it. She's like, my mother working in the soup kitchen or something mm-hmm. really snotty. And it's only when mildred mentions that there's actually good money in restaurants that she goes "Uh aha money you say yeah because we very quickly established that vida is all about the coin yeah yeah, she only cares about money yeah so yeah mildred's ashamed but she yeah eventually she works for her and she admits that she's a waitress
1: i mean we have also already skipped over my favorite vida moment okay um which is uh yeah so me and your father are going to separate oh no did my dress arrive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she gets over it super quick. Oh yeah, she yeah. does not care. She
0: is she is a great cow. She's a great like bitch daughter. Yeah. I love it. I love it. She's just awful.
2: Vida,
3: yes, mother. What is it?
2: Where did you find the uniform you gave Lottie?
3: I was looking for a handkerchief in my closet. I looked everywhere else.
2: Your handkerchiefs are in your own top drawer where they always are. Now what were you doing snooping around my closet?
3: Really, mother? It seems to me you're making quite a fuss about something which doesn't matter. If you bought the uniform for Lottie, and I certainly can't imagine who else you could have bought it for, then why shouldn't she wear it? You've been snooping around ever since I got this job,
2: trying to find out what it is. And now you know. You know, don't you? Know what? Know what, Mother? You knew when you gave that uniform to Lottie that it was mine, didn't you? Your uniform? Yes, I'm waiting tables in a downtown restaurant.
3: My mother, a
2: waitress. I took the only job I could get so you and your sister could
3: eat and have a place to sleep and some clothes on your backs. Aren't the pies bad enough? Did you have to degrade us? Peter, don't talk like that. I'm really not surprised. You've never spoken of your people, who you came from. So perhaps it's natural. Maybe that's why father...
2: (gasps) Oh, I'm sorry I did that. I'd have rather cut off my hand
0: so mildred actually does very well at waitressing Mm -hmm. and she becomes very good at it and she decides to open her own restaurants Mm -hmm. she asks for wally who is the guy who she frames later in the movie earlier and later if that makes sense yeah wally who was her husband's business partner and we Mm -hmm. establish has like been a a friend of the family for like since she was a teenager and Mm -hmm. is always trying to get into her pants Mm -hmm. just every other line is like so it's like it's weird (laughs) but yes she asks wally to help her to a restaurant opened up so they find a property that's in like a really primo location mm-hmm. and wally helps us to purchase it from a local playboy called mm-hmm. monty yep who is like from a very wealthy family but he's gambled away all his money so he's, he's kind of broke but he does have his family name and he's still a kind of a socialite
1: i feel like a lot of these scenes just went really quickly yeah
0: where it's like so i want to open a restaurant okay <laughs> and, and i did yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and then like she goes to like well he, he because first of all, what's what his name again? Wally. What Wally is Wally. the... Yeah. Um, yeah. So Wally then calls up this guy and he's like, "Yeah, so we're interested in looking at this property. Okay, come over now." Yeah. And then they go over and like, "Yeah, so we kind of want this." No. Oh no, I really want it. Okay, have it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> did you really want another half hour of like real estate chats? <laughs> no, but it was just weird because like, yeah. you know, the, the scenes of like, how did you get a job? That's a that's a quick answer. Like, well, I tried for a little bit and then I found a job as a waitress. Sure. That works. But like, so I went to buy this place. There's no sort of background check Mm -hmm. or anything. Like, so what are your intentions? You know, how are you going to fund all this sort of thing? It's just like, yeah, great. Do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. She just succeeds at everything she turns her hand to. She's very industrious. But anyway, she buys this restaurant, this building from Wally, and she uses it to set up a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And she also, at the same time... I also divorced from Bert because Mm. for business reasons, she needs to be divorced otherwise he's going to take all of her money. Yeah. But he kind of resists that at first, but eventually he agrees to let her have a divorce. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's around this point that we go back to the present day timeline in the detective's office Mm. and her story just completely falls apart. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, well, now obviously Bert has reason because you divorced him for this new guy, Monty, and it was his gone, whatever. And so clearly he's the killer. And then she like refuses to accept that it's him. And I mean, that's when it turns out that Bert has like, accepted the blame and is willing to take the rap mm. and then but then the detective gets like an update and then it turns out that Bert has some kind of alibi or something yeah anyway Mildred's whole story falls apart and then she's like okay fine I killed him <laughs> I killed him and here's I killed Monty and mm. here's why mm-hmm. and then we go back again mm-hmm. to the past and we see that after buying the building after buying the restaurant from Monty she and Monty start dating
1: See, so, you know what would have been good here yeah is if rather than it was just one long story of like, oh, maybe it was this person, maybe it was this person, maybe it was that one, like who would it were? What if it was instead like like three stories or something? Sure. All told by Mildred, Mm. all just a bit sort of unreliable narrator. Sure, yeah. We're like, okay, well, here's the story about how it was my first husband killing him. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, no, that's not correct. Here's the story about me killing him. And I'm mm-hmm. oh, no, sorry, you're not buying that? Okay, here's the one about <laughs> my daughter killing him. And it's just all the same sort of story. Or just uh-huh. like, or maybe like...
0: You mean like the episode of RuPaul's Drag Race when they do whatever happens to Mel Gildensburg? <laughs> and it's just like... Oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have worked. Yeah,
1: Yeah, just something like that. would have uh, I don't know, Would have cut the pacing a bit faster.
0: Sure, I know what you mean. It, it, it does get a bit in the weeds. Anyway... So she starts dating this rich playboy, Monty. And she goes She goes away for... Well, she goes away for this weekend away. Mm. And the scene before she goes for the weekend away. So she goes for a, a romantic weekend with Monty. And the kids go away with Bert as her first husband. Mm-hmm. And this scene is one of my, the funniest to me because she's like talking to Bert and Bert's like, you know, you're too obsessed with Vida mm-hmm. and you know, what about Kay? What about the little, little Kay who's like really sweet and nice and never says a bad word about anyone? Yeah. She's like, I don't think you spend enough time with Kay. You're just too obsessed with Vida and she's like, oh, Kay's fine and then Kay just walks down and just like, hi, mom. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah and they just like she, nobody que- nobody mentions that she's got this like hacking cough mm-hmm. so she's just d- demonstrating her complete neglect of her youngest daughter yeah. <laughs> she's like okay bye darling <laughs> <laughs> chekhov's coughing fit clearly <laughs>
2: don't you think i hate this as much as you do but it's got to be for the children's sake i have to think of their future Vida, you think all right Vida. what about k Kay doesn't need so much thinking about it
0: Well,
3: you know, that was great. We're all ready.
2: Aunt,
0: I look. Hello, Lita.
3: Hello, <laughs> Father. Goodbye, Goodbye darling. Mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then Kay goes off to the beach with her dad and her sister, mm-hmm. and Mildred goes for this romantic weekend with Monty. They have a great time. They go running and laughing on the beach together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a weird scene when they're having sexy talk about how she puts on his sister's swimsuits. Oh, yeah. And... She's like, oh, your sister's clothes fit me really well. They're in my mm. size. And he says something really weird like, oh, I like women that size. And it's like, that, <laughs> are you suggesting you have incestuous feelings for your sisters? It's weird. It's a uh, yeah, weird conversation. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, unpleasant. Anyway, she gets back from that. A lot little, of the things he said were a bit creepy and weird. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be a louse, but that mm. in particular seemed like red flag. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she gets back from this romantic weekend, and because she's dared to be a, wo- a woman having a good time in the 1940s, she must be punished. Mm-hmm. And her punishment is that little Kay has con- contracted pneumonia, yep. and uh, and she sadly dies mm-hmm. in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> Am I a horrible person for laughing at that close up of the little girl just like mommy?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe you are. It yeah. was so stupid. Like she's <laughs> lying on the bed and she just like looks awful. She's just like mommy, <laughs> so bad. But yeah, so her the youngest daughter, Kay, passes away from pneumonia. Very mm-hmm. sad. And she's devastated, but this makes her even more determined to make sure that Vida, the oldest daughter, is fully protected and gets anything she ever wants. Yeah. And I really laugh hard at this smash cut. So we get this very sad scene when the, the little girl passes away and then mm-hmm. she's devastated and the whole family's crushed. And then it just cuts to this very kind of upbeat voice service, she's like, after my little girl died, I became even more determined to focus all my attention on my business. (laughs) And it worked out great. Her restaurant business goes through the roof. My Uh, daughter
1: dying was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, it really freed up time to focus on my restaurant. I'll never forget it. Never as long as I
0: live. She said, Mommy. And that was all.
2: Oh, I loved her so much. Oh. Oh, God, I... Please, God, don't ever let anything happen to me. No. After that, there was only one thing on my mind. To open the restaurant and make it successful.
0: So it turns out that she successfully bought that restaurant. And then she also bought a bunch more and she established a chain. So now yeah. she's like really rich well moderately rich in the restaurant business she's like mildred's such an appealing name for a restaurant (laughs) chain mildred's (laughs) so there's a mildred's on every corner yeah and she's raking in the dough yeah and she's still dating monty but at a certain point around here she breaks up with monty because she's afraid that monty is having a bad influence on vida because vida it turns out is still a complete snob and she's got very expensive tastes Mm -hmm. and she's just generally misbehaving a lot and mildred is worried so she says i think to monty i think you're a bad influence so she breaks off with him and kind of pays him off to leave them alone for a bit. Yeah. And shortly after that, Vida announces that she's actually gotten married in secret to a different guy. Another rich, mm-hmm. kind of young, wealthy guy from a wealthy family. She's got married in secret without telling... On her birthday. On her birthday, yeah. As in
1: the day she comes of age
0: or I it? guess the day she comes of age, yeah, she marries this yeah, guy. Yeah, because that's never creepy. <clears throat> no, not at all, no. Well, she's got a plan because... Yeah, she marries this rich guy and then the rich guy's mother's like, this will never be accepted. I'm never allowing your Mm -hmm. trampy little daughter into my family. Mm -hmm. And then Vida admits that she doesn't actually love the guy and she made a mistake and then she asks for help. And so Wally helps her to negotiate a annulment to the wedding or like Mm -hmm. a a separation, whatever. Uh, But in the middle of the annulment kind of negotiations, Vida dramatically announces that she's pregnant and that she... And she kind of bribes the family into giving her $10,000 to keep it a secret. Yeah. So they give her, they, they agree, they give her $10,000 for hush money because obviously they don't want to bring shame on the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Vida very smugly admits to her mother later that actually she's not pregnant at all. It was all just a big scam to take money. Yeah. She's like, well, in my opinion, I'm pregnant. And, so, you know, who's to say? Mm-hmm. You know? And Mildred is absolutely horrified. She's like, how could you do such a thing? It's awful. They have a whole confrontation. And Vida at this point is like, the reason I'm, I'm so money grabbing is because I want to get away from you. She's she just like, really hung up on this whole my mum's a waitress thing. Like mm-hmm. She really does not like it. Like, mm-hmm. Even though her mum is now like a successful businesswoman. She's just like, no, you're you, you, you you're not like sophisticated enough for my tastes. And so mm-hmm. I want to just make my own money from lying and <laughs> and get away from you so I can be in high society or something like that anyway. yeah. But then Mildred obviously is like, you're cheap and you're nasty and I've seen you for the first time. And she takes the check of $10,000 and she rips it up. Mm-hmm. And then we get probably the most iconic scene in the movie, which is the slap. When Vida just whaps <laughs> him across the face. Yep. And the slap is, the reaction to the slap is so good. Like she fully, like she falls backwards. Mm-hmm. Mildred. Yep. She falls backwards dramatically on a banister. Yeah. Then stands up again. Never once blinking. <laughs> never once does she blink. <laughs> it's it's, re, it's really good. It is, yeah. And she's just, and then she's like, get out. She throws her daughter out. She's like, get out now, get out before I kill you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm.
2: You're not going to have a baby?
3: At this stage, it's a matter of opinion. And in my opinion, I'm going to have a baby. I can always be mistaken.
2: How could you do such a thing? How
3: could you? I got the money, didn't I? Oh, I see. I'll have to give Wally part of it to keep him quiet, but there's enough left for me.
2: Money. That's what you live for, isn't it? You'd do anything for money, wouldn't you? Even blackmail. Oh, grow up. I've never denied you anything. Anything money could buy, I've given you. But that wasn't enough, was it? All right, Vita, from now on, things are going to be different.
3: I'll say they're going to be different. Why do you think I went to all this trouble? Why do you think I want money so badly? All right, why? Are you sure you want to know? Yes. Then I'll tell you. With this money, I can get away from you. Vita. From you and your chickens and your pies and your kitchens... and everything that smells of grease. I can get away from this shack with its cheap furniture and this town and its dollar days and its women that wear uniforms and its men that wear overalls.
2: Vita, I think I'm really seeing you for the first time in my life, and you're cheap and horrible.
3: You think just because you made a little money you can get a new hairdo and some expensive clothes and turn yourself into a lady, but you can't, because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. With this money, I can get away from every rotten, stinking thing that makes me think of this place or you. Vita! Vita Not said, on your life! I said give it to me!
2: Get out, Vita. Get your things out of this house right now before I throw them into the street and you with them. Get out before I kill you.
0: So now she's got one dead daughter and one daughter who's like estranged estranged kicked out the house so she goes down to mexico for a few months to kind of have a holiday chill Mm. out which fair enough yeah so she comes back a few months later the restaurant business is still booming and she learns that vida is now working as a lounge singer in wally's cocktail bar Mm. and she learns this from Bert, her first husband who kind of takes her down and then they see vida And i don't know if this is like a thing because it's like the 1940s and standards were obviously very different but like They seem heartbroken that she's working as a singer in a bar. Yeah. And I'm like, she's not a stripper. No. It's like, it's fine. It's like, she's just singing.
1: I mean, double standard. She didn't like it when you were a waitress. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You didn't like it when she's
0: a singer. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So anyway, she goes backstage after this performance and she kind of begs Vida to come home and Vida's like, no, I I can't come home because it'll all start again and I'll I'll never be able to, you'll never be able to give me the life that I really want. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm at this point thinking, well, let Vida live her own life then. And I guess this is the moral of the story, to be fair. It's like, maybe if Vida has to struggle for a bit, she'll, you know, get some sense into her. Mm -hmm. But the mum's like, well, what if I could give you, like, the high society life that you wanted? Then would you move home? Mm -hmm. And Vida's like, yes. (laughs) So in order to give Vida access to the high society that she so desperately craves, Mildred kind of bargains with Monty, the playboy, and agrees to marry him, even though she doesn't love him just mm-hmm. because he's got a good family name so her money combined with his family name would allow them to enter like high society mm-hmm. and it works they, they have this marriage of convenience and they're in all the papers and they become like a high power you know a high society couple yeah but the price of that is that she has to his price because they're not in love is that she has to sell him a third of her business mm-hmm. uh, which she happily does But then it turns out within a few months of being married to him, his expensive lifestyle combined with Vida's expensive lifestyle is bleeding her dry Mm -hmm. and the business is starting to fail. And she actually gets undercut. She gets called into a business meeting while she's at a party. She finds out that she's been betrayed by both Monty and Bert no, no, Monty and Wally. This part gets a bit confusing. <laughs> they've both kind of gone behind her back to force her out of the business. Yeah. So she's forced to give up her share of the business, basically. Mm-hmm. And she realizes she's been betrayed by her husband. And so she's very, very upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes back to the beach house where she finds Monty with Vida. Mm. And they're in like a romantic embrace kind of thing. Yeah. And it turns out that they've been having an affair the whole time. Mm -hmm. and vida says yes he never loved you he's gonna marry me now and leave you and and i'm glad this has happened so she reveals her full villainy i guess the daughter Mm -hmm. Uh, and then mildred runs out crying she's very upset and then but before she can get too far she hears bang 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 and uh, she runs back in and it turns out that vida has shot monty because monty kind of said i don't want to marry you Mm. Uh, and basically yeah just rejected her and so she in a rage she shoots him three times Mm -hmm. and now he's lying dead on the floor and Mildred initially tries to call the police, but then Vida is Vida, like guilt trips her once again. Is like it's your fault I'm like this. You've got to help me. <laughs> <laughs> and she she agrees. She puts the phone down and tells Vida to go home and to wait. Again, there.
1: got to question the police work, right? here. Very much so, yeah. Because like the police are literally on the phone. There's a pl- there's a police officer being like, "Hello, is anyone there?" Hello? And, and, and in the meantime, Vida's like, please don't tell anybody that I killed him. Yeah, no, and, and there's like, somebody the phone on the phone. is the, right
0: next to her face. True, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's connecting the dots here at all. Yeah, and also, I don't know
1: about 1945, but if you call the police and it's just an empty line, they can't hear anything, they don't just give up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Maybe. Not, that's not a thing. Maybe it is in 1945,
0: I don't know. Maybe that's why the police were coming. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that, just, yeah, that totally fits. That, okay. that probably tracks, actually, yeah. So she sends Vida home. Then she goes and obviously, well, I guess her initial plan is to kill herself and make it look like she killed him in a crime of passion and then killed Mm. herself. But then when that fails, she goes and tries to pin it on Monty, brings Mm. him back to the beach house. He finds the corpse. We're back to the present day. Yeah. And so then she's like, she's like, so you see, it was me. I killed him. And then the detective, and then the detective reveals that actually he's been playing a whole long con with her. Mm. He's like, actually, no, you didn't. We already know you didn't. We've known the whole time. (laughs) The real killer is behind door number two. (laughs) And then <clears throat> Vida comes in, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What's going on? I don't understand." Mm. And the detective's like, "It's too late, Missy. Your mum's already told us everything." And then Vida just like incriminates herself because mm. she's like, "How dare you? Told you you'd, you'd protect me. All this mm. like, I don't think this is legal. <laughs> I don't think this would hold up in court for a second
1: Well, you say that, but isn't that what Making a Murderer was about?
0: I never watched it. Oh. it? Yeah, know. no, it's because it's I thought entrapment. I this. thought like entrapment was not a valid way to find someone guilty
1: no but like leading somebody to tell the 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 truth truth. okay or to not even tell the truth but like to incriminate to incriminate themselves even if like that's an absolute lie but like deliberately making somebody say that Mm -hmm. uh that is still technically a legal thing okay it's very questionable and it's like definitely wrong yeah but uh the way it stands up in court is you know it's kind of open
0: okay fair enough i didn't know that well, there we are. So Vida has incriminated herself, mm-hmm. uh, and then Mildred finally admits the truth, and she flashes back again to tell the story of how Vida killed Monty. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes to Vida. She's like, I tried my best. And Vida just, like, ices her. She's like, don't worry, mother. And she just gets, like, hauled off to jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mildred walks out into freedom. She's got no kids anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, at least she's free. Yeah, And seems like she reconciles with the first husband. And I'm like, why?
1: Yeah, it's very weird. It's like, it's, it's like a happily ever after. And I'm like, what, what what kind of happy ever after is this? It's terrible.
0: We've got a dead kid, a kid in jail who hates you, and a dead husband, a de- one, dead husband, and your se- your first husband. I don't think he's earned this redemption. He hasn't no. helped you, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, and then they walk. also
1: he's not really a character in this. No, like, he's pretty like, boring. Yeah. yeah. So I I, just, I, I
0: guess he I, offered to take the fall briefly, but still, it was a bit. Yeah.
1: I, I guess, but I don't buy it. <laughs>
0: no, it's a bit confusing. But anyway, she survives. She thrives. Mm-hmm. Mildred's restaurants will continue, I guess. Yeah. And uh, she walks out into the sunset and credits roll. Yeah. Yeah. Weird end. It's a very, yeah, it is a weird end. It it also, it does. By weird, I mean not good. No, the end feels incredibly rushed. Yeah. It really does. It's like all the big reveals happen in like a 90 second. Mm You know, I think it is literally like 90 seconds from the end when Vida walks through the door and is like incriminated and it's like, oh, she did it off to jail. Mildred, you're free to go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Credits roll. Considering how slow other parts of the movie are, mm-hmm. it's weird that the ending is just so rushed. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. But yeah. sometimes finishing a story is the hardest bit. Yeah. Sure. I'm still getting over last week, though. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
0: Oh, when it just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, remember the theme of these last few weeks is unsatisfying endings I don't know. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if we can break that soon. Yeah, hopefully. Uh but yeah, that was the that was Mildred Pierce, a classic 40s melodrama. Mhm. Mm-hmm. The oldest film we've ever done. It is. Yes, it mm-hmm. does it beat Wonderful mm-hmm. Life. Oh, I don't know actually. It definitely beats All About Eve because that was 1950 yeah. and so was Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, I
1: forgot I forgot about it. it was Wonderful.
0: Life. Yeah, I'd forgotten that we had done that as well because I think I said it was off that all about Sunset Boulevard was our first black and white. But I was yes,
1: it's Wonderful Life, nineteen forty-six. Oh,
0: great! So this is the oldest one. Yeah, our first film, literally in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Weird, it didn't come up. No, well, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe it's the sort of thing where, like, let's just move past it and not talk about it. You know, like now we don't want every film to talk about coronavirus. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: yeah. Cool. Yes. cool. That was Mildred Pierce. Yeah. Not Give me the police
2: department.
3: No. No, Mother. Think what will happen if they find me. Think what will happen. I don't care anymore, please. Yes, you do, yes, you do. Give me another chance. It's your fault as much as mine. Santa Monica Police You've got Department. To help. help. me, Mother. Just this once. Hello? I'll change, I promise I will, I'll be different. Hello? Just give me another chance.
0: It's your fault I'm the way I am.
3: Santa Monica Police Department. Help me. Hello.
0: <laughs> okay, so are you ready for some drinking games? Yeah. Great. Okay. My first one, it's an obvious one, Drink for Shoulder Pants. Oh, yeah. They are iconic and they are very noticeable. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, drunk for Old Timey Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely like... Uh oh, you did this. See?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, very much the, so. There yeah. the, the
1: literally was. And I was like, oh, he said see. He at said the end see. Of yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. I mean, in this film, it's not like old timey talk. It's just talk. Because yeah. this film's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. Uh, drink for dramatic lighting. Oh, yeah. Did you notice this? Like the... I've never, I don't think since Yentl, we've seen a film in which the main actress. Oh, oh God, Yentl. Yentl. Sorry, oh. sorry. Sorry, I should have given you a trigger warning. I was like, oh, no. No. Oh. But not since Yentl, I don't think have we seen like a leading actress being given such, so much like noticeable, mm-hmm. sympathetic lighting. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you notice all the times when there was like a literal rectangle of light across her face? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, I caught a few of those. It's good. Actually, I would say the shadow work in this, not just like the lighting on her is obviously to make her look as beautiful as she possibly can mm-hmm. but also the scene at the beginning in when monty gets shot the very opening mm-hmm. scene that the shadow work is amazing yeah yeah I yeah, yeah. I, this... I
1: did i did have a few in fact that was my next one is drink for shadows mm. because they do some quite specific things with the shadows cast on walls and i really enjoyed that And i wanted more of it yeah that would have, that would have really raised my interest in this
0: i agree yeah I, I the bit when monty's kind of stuck in the house when he finds the corpse and he's running around mm-hmm. and not really sure what to do and his shadow is really like prominent it's really mm-hmm. really well done yeah and you see the shadow of like the corpse like the hand outstretched as well mm-hmm. it's just it's it's great it's mm. really really good i, I agree I, I wish more of this film was in that kind of hard-boiled detective murder mystery because mm. it does kind of go into just here is a lady talking about her life for an hour bit yeah, middle, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so drink <clears throat> for dramatic lighting or dramatic shadow work
1: yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah um i've also got uh drink whenever anybody talks about mildred
0: sure yeah well i had to drink every time anyone hits on mildred all right, yeah, because again, good, yeah. There's, there's a lot of like. I mean, Joe Crawford is very, very good looking, but it it is like everyone's just like so into her. It's mm. like, oh, Mildred.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how old timey a name it is. It really is. It's not a
0: sexy name, but no. uh, in this film, it's, you'd think, yeah. Mm. Trot, yeah. <laughs> and the last one i've got is
1: drink whenever somebody gives mildred the wrong surname and then corrects themselves oh yes because you know this happens quite a lot because mm. she gets married a couple times and...
0: yeah so she's mildred pierce from her first marriage and then she's mildred barry on from her second marriage yeah so, and everyone's like well, which one is it yeah,
1: yeah. sometimes it's double barrel sometimes it's not it's... yeah
0: it, even she seems unsure yeah yeah uh, i have a few more big one big 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 one drink for smoking
1: oh well well, yeah i had that too but i realized that i've done that for both of your recent films it is i mean it is a
0: 1940s 50s thing but it, i think yeah. even maybe even more so than all about eve like i loved in the detectives building like just, they're just sat around just just chain smoking everyone yeah like, i do and i think this might fall into your common drinking game of like i think in these films the product placement might have actually been laramie cigarettes because <laughs> <it, laughs> in the time it wasn't illegal for cigarettes to be product placement so mm. like because there's literally a scene where the detective just offers mildred a cigarette and she's like oh, okay yeah she just lights up and it's like "Ooh, like that refreshing laramie cigarette flavor it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's mad
1: yeah the thing that then made me question it was when uh uh vida like starts smoking and mildred's like when did you learn to smoke when, mm. when, when, when did you start smoking and i'm like that feels like a very modern thing why do you care everybody yeah. smokes yeah it's yeah, a yeah. normal thing
0: yeah literally yeah every she's old enough
1: ones. to get married and drive a car
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess maybe it's like drinking it's like everyone does it but only when you're 16 or something i yeah. don't know yeah but, yeah yeah uh speaking of which drink for drinking oh yeah of of any, anytime mildred sinks a, a highball or yeah mm-hmm. yeah drink for bad police work we've discussed <laughs> it but it's not great yeah drink for legs Yeah. Again, we did this last week with Angelina Jolie. I think Joan Crawford is another one of those actresses who's very like leg heavy. Like Mm. she's not that she's got heavy legs, but I mean, like she's got like, (laughs) she's like, you know, she likes a shot of her legs, Mm -hmm. uh, her thighs. You know, they they get a lot of, a lot of screen time. Yeah. Drink every time somebody runs up or down a flight of stairs. (laughs) Double drink if it's a a spiral flight of stairs in the beach house. There's lots of stair work. Yeah and finally drink for bad parenting
1: nice yes yeah plenty of that
0: very much so like i said daughter has a pneumonia cough and she's like she's fine
1: i'm saying drunk whenever vida is quite snobby as well
0: oh drink every time vida's a bitch there's definitely that's definitely (laughs) a very useful drinking game yeah
1: yeah um and drink for a slap i guess
0: drink for slap. yeah there's a couple of really good slaps in this yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah 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 cool okay Mm -hmm um listeners if you've been enjoying this and you feel like you want to say thank you in a very very big way in a very financial way yeah (laughs) (laughs) then you can go to patreon.com slash beyond the box and you can support me and john for as much or as little as you think we're worth if you do you get a bonus show called beyond beyond the box set where we review the latest releases Mm -hmm. you also get extended versions of this episode the main episode and also every now and then we pick a patreon at random and you can come and choose the film for us to put sequels to you Mm -hmm. can come guest if you want to but you don't have to All that is available at patreon.com slash set.
0: Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, What do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%?
0: That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, How about Bewitched at 25%?
2: Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%?
0: Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%.
1: The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians.
0: As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine.
1: Regardless of what we really feel.
0: Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn,
1: Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. This is our lesson. Okay. Do you want to take so
0: cool? Yes. Um, so you don't have one this week, right? No. Okay. Yeah.
1: I tried. I, I, I tried. I, I tried all my normal things. Not very much rhymes with Mildred. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: One <laughs> thing rhymes with Pierce, and I don't know if anything rhymes with Mildred. Mildred, Fieldred, Yeah. Uh, no. It's no.
1: Just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm drawing a blank this week. No,
0: Harry's had a rough day, so he he's had. I think for the first time ever, he's defeated. But uh, well, it's not
1: the first time ever.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, it's a rare occasion. Yeah,
1: I just want to think of... there has been one.
0: You know, pull some piece of shit out of your ass, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: there have been ideas that we've done together yeah, as, yeah. as, as, as a, um, a form of failure. As a, say, as a yeah. form of failure. Sure, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's okay. I have I have a few ideas. this week. I've done three small ideas rather than one big one this week. Mm-hmm. So my first one is called Mildred Pierce, The Other Side of the Counter. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, I thought this would be an idea of like more of like, not so much as a film, I guess. So maybe like a, it could be a film, but more like a, a project, yeah. which would be, all these old movies like Mildred Pierce and gone with the wind that have like quite reductive stereotypes of black servants who are like in the background because mm-hmm. the, the servant in this character, I don't, I, does she even get a name? I don't, I don't think know. she does. I don't think she gets a name, mm-hmm. but she's very, you know, she, she is very stereotypical and she, she's not like nobody says anything racist to her, but she's just mm-hmm. is kind of given a very, you know, it's not a very rewarding role for an actress to have. I don't think. No. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be really good to like tell this story from, from the servant's perspective. Mm-hmm. And you could do it, like I said, you could do it with a load of these old films. Mm. And I guess like there's films like The Help that have kind of sort of done that. But I thought it'd be quite fun to actually take specific classic movies mm. and retell them from the perspective of the servants. Yeah, oh, yeah. So like imagine being that servant in this crazy ass house <laughs> with like this this bitch daughter who like makes you wear your mate, <laughs> wear your mistress's mm-hmm. waitressing outfit. Your mistress mm-hmm. is like this crazy helicopter mother who won't admit she's working as a waitress like there's a lot going on and this Mm. waitress could just be this servant i'm sorry in the who's just like working in the house could just be like look at all like these crazy white people
1: yeah (laughs) but also uh, i'm kind of guessing where this is going to go this sounds like this would be you know, like this, this is a three out of 10 based on what, you know, what other jobs she may have had.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, she's definitely had worse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like she, the, that job she had on Sunset Boulevard. Like that was a rough one.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. She, she could totally <laughs> be like, it could be this cause it's the same role. That's yeah. really good. Cause it's the same role. The, these poor actors just had to play all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's one servant just working all the houses in Hollywood and each one is, in, is more crazy than the last. So yeah. 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 yeah I like that. <laughs> I actually didn't think of that. That's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Working in the dressing room in all about Eve. Like there is some shit going down here.
0: Yeah, exactly. That that would be, yeah, that would be perfect. So yeah, (laughs) just the servant's perspective on all of these crazy stories of the 1940s and 50s. mm -hmm. That's that's my first idea.
1: Mildred Pierce 2, A Servant's Tale.
0: A Servant's Tale, even better. Yeah. My second one is, I've done a lot of like thinking about side characters for all of these ones, basically. Mm. So my second one is Wally's story. Yeah. And I think it's just... It, it could just be two hours of Wally just hitting on women unsuccessfully, basically. That seems mm. to be his whole vibe. But I was thinking uh, it could be the same story, like the whole film, but from his perspective. Because there's little hints about his character. Yeah. So you could have... He, he mentions early on that he's been friends with Mildred and Bert since, like, they were teenagers. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe they grew up together and maybe he was in love with Mildred first, but then Bert stole Mildred's heart. He was mm. a bit heartbroken about that. Right, yeah. And he just never let go. He could never really let it go, no. Yeah. And then also he goes into partnership with Bert at the beginning of the film. They're in this like real estate partnership and then it Mm -hmm. falls apart. So I'm thinking maybe they stay friends and then him and Bert set up this real estate business together Mm -hmm. as old pals. But then maybe Bert's just completely lazy and feckless and has no business skills and just kind of really drives into the ground Mm -hmm. and the business fails. And he obviously ends up leaving Mildred for this other woman. And then maybe Wally like still has that flame of passion for Mildred and decides to try and take care of her and, you know, make sure her kids don't starve and help Mm. her out when she needs to, you know? And how does she fucking repay him? She tries to incriminate him for murder. (laughs) I mean, he is a bit of a skeez. I'm not not denying. And he he does like steal her business from her. So he's not...
1: Oh, yeah, true.
0: He's not a great guy. But that could be like, why does he do that? It could could be Mm. about this like anti-hero, this character who's like got some good qualities and some bad qualities. Mm. And his bad quality is that he's greedy and he tries to steal people's money. Mm -hmm. And so he betrays Mildred and then she tries to frame him. And then obviously it doesn't work. He gets away with it and Vida goes down. And like is he going to forgive Mildred? Are they going to stay friends? Or Mm -hmm. is he finally going to accept that she's just not that into him and move on with his life? Yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah. So maybe like his freedom is realizing that he's never going to get to bang Mildred. And he's just like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to develop other interests. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. That's all that is. A third one. uh, Again, it's taking another character's perspective. This is the last one. This is my most fulfilled one. This is Vida, a daughter's story because and this is like you said there's it kind of plays with the unreliable narrator side of this film because it is very much all from Mildred's perspective mm-hmm. and it, this film really does make her look like the long-suffering heroine and all the other characters keep doing her wrong mm. which is a very like yeah a very joan crawford kind of thing all of her characters were like this or a lot of them had this kind of she played a lot of these kind of struggling women sure but i thought it'd be interesting to have it like tell the story from vida's perspective maybe mm-hmm. actually she's got her own side of the story and mm-hmm. her side is going to be a lot less flattering towards mildred mm-hmm So, because she's having to grow up with this insanely pushy mother who's, like, maybe obsessed with perfection. It's, like, pushing both of her daughters Mm. into, like, you know, expensive singing lessons and piano lessons and buying them expensive clothes and making them think that they have to be perfect and they have to be better Mm. than they are. And that's why Vida becomes a bit of a snob, because Mildred's always pushing her to be this, like, best version of herself, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But while she's doing that, she never spends any quality time with them because she's always so obsessed with with her men and her career and her shoulder pads. And she mm-hmm. just doesn't have a lot of time for her daughters. Yeah. So Vida's quite neglected. And that might also be why she ends up a bit resentful. Mm. And then I'm also thinking then, as you flash forward through the film, you could talk about like the fake pregnancy and the marriage to the rich young guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe she actually is pregnant. She does get pregnant, but it's not that rich guy's baby. Right, Maybe it's okay. Wally's baby. Ah, Maybe Wally yeah. like abuses her or okay. like, you know, makes it, it comes onto her and then, you know, whatever they, they you know, Start and you know, they, they have an affair, but like mm-hmm. she's too young to understand, and mm-hmm. he's just like fully taking advantage. Yeah, she ends up pregnant with Wally's baby, right? Okay, yeah. so this makes Wally a full villain, obviously. Yeah, different from my last one. And so he bullies her into this marriage scam with when he finds out she's pregnant mm-hmm. with this other young rich guy, mm-hmm. he bullies her into that scam to pay for the abortion. Got it, yeah. Mm. And then when Mildred tears up the check. Wally pays for the abortion himself, but he forces Vida to work as a singer in his cocktail lounge to pay off the cost of the abortion. Got it, yeah. Uh, this oh, is getting pretty it's just, dark. This, I know, this is yeah. getting quite villainous. It is very villainous, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to like think without well, without fundamentally changing what the story is, how do you make Vida's role a bit more sympathetic? Yeah. As like maybe she gets forced into it. Maybe yeah, Wally's yeah, yeah. the true evil in this mm. story. So that's why she ends up working in the lounge because she Wally's forced her to like Mm. Pay off this debt from the abortion he's funded, mm-hmm. and if she doesn't, then he'll spill everything to his to, to Mildred and whatever and to shame her through the whole land. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so then she's working at the cocktail club, and then Mildred marries Monty for the social status to become mm-hmm. a, a high business person. But then, when her business collapses from her own, maybe actually Mildred's not a very good businesswoman, and maybe she brings <laughs> her financial ruin on herself. Mm-hmm. And then, but, she, but when that happens, she blames Vida. And Monty Mm -hmm. for her business failing, and kind of blames it all on them, causing more of a rift between the two of them. And then maybe that scene when Mildred walks in on Vida and Monty together, like in a romantic moment. Maybe that's not a romantic moment. Maybe that's Monty making an inappropriate pass at Vida. So all the men in her life are just being horrible to her. Yeah. Uh, But Mildred blames her. She blames her for being, you know, for coming, for because she can't accept that Monty would possibly want a younger person and not her. Mm. So she blames Vida for like leading him on or something. And she shoots Monty instead, and then pins and then orchestrates it to pin it on her own daughter. Mm-hmm. So yep. Mildred, Mildred's also the villain,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it.
0: And I was thinking this: the, the framing of this one, like the original film, is obviously framed by that detective just listening to Mildred's long ass story. <laughs> Maybe this is Vida talking to her parole officer. Ah, uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. And she's yeah, like, well, "Well, nobody's ever heard my side of the story. I've yeah. just like been the villain." But actually, there's more to the story than you think. Yep. And she tells her side and uh yeah and the end
1: of it is the parole officer asleep the parole officer just fully <laughs> fallen asleep like, i
0: don't care you mm. bitches need to sort out yourselves like, mm-hmm. but yeah it could be and it could be like we well, hear you've got two unreliable narrators you've got mildred you've got vida yeah who's telling the truth who can say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah and, and and that's it and i don't know maybe she gets out and she wants revenge on her mother or something but mm. i think ultimately i just like the idea of like the unreliable narrator and some questions about like what's really going down in this story yeah and it's not
1: always entirely clear yeah i I like that idea it's good yeah do you have a name for it
0: yes well that was just uh vida a daughter's story right yeah yeah
1: so yeah those are my i'm trying to work out any kind of plot that could go with the title living la vida loca
0: living la vida loca that could be vida getting out of prison yeah and then moving to mexico or puerto rico or something yeah and just like living her best life and like recovering (laughs) from like all the shit that her parents threw on her she's living la vida loca she becomes rich and popular she becomes a dancer in a club or something yeah great I like that. Living yeah. la vida loca. That, that <laughs> actually works really well. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you had no ideas.
1: Well, I thought of that in about a quarter of an hour ago, but I was like, I've got nothing yeah. to go with. This. You've improved like, one of
0: mine with these, making it all about the different films that mm-hmm. these servants go to, and then the other one, you've yeah, you've just come with that. Living la vida loca. To be honest, that first one, I thought that's where you were already going with it. Yeah. Well, there you go. I wasn't. So <clears> there you go. So that, that counts as a collaborative effort. I'll say. Yeah. Sure.
1: I, cool. I never said I was shit.
0: No, no, I did <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no never uh so there we go that's mildred pierce and yeah should we move on to listener submissions yeah go for it cool just a handful this week because it is a tough one uh scott k said mildred fierce same movie but drag queens nice yeah katie craffle said i think mildred bert and mrs biederhoffer are all gonna live happily ever after so i guess that mrs biederhoffer is mildred's first husband's mistress (laughs) yeah was she in it at all by the way yes when when the when the youngest daughter dies Uh they go to her house right okay and then Mildred has to like swallow her pride and be like thank you mrs beederhofer right And mean just mrs beederhofer offers her a cup of tea you know because that makes everyone b- what she blonde she was older okay i don't I can't remember what color her hair was uh,
1: blonde white whatever
0: sure yeah i think it was more yeah anyway she she's only in that one scene
1: is she yeah is she the one who's like oh wow it's so sad that anybody want a cup of tea yes da- that, yeah her?
0: exactly it's like tea heals all grief yeah right? got it okay yeah mm. So yeah, maybe the three of them, maybe the end is actually more subversive than we think. And when Mildred and Bert are walking out into the sunset together, Bert's like, well, actually, I'm still with Mrs. offer Yeah. But, mm, menage a trois, yeah. Mildred, <laughs> menage a trois. Why not? You've got no kids now, let's go <laughs> mad. And the three of them just, yeah, mm-hmm. have some kind of polyamorous relationship. Maybe, yeah. Cool, why not? Andrew Jones said, Mildred quarterback. Mildred quits the restaurant business and becomes America's most successful female American football player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, Jenny Kingston said, Mildred Pierce 2, where's Wally? <laughs> Wally goes on the lamb with Mildred's money and she's forced to pursue him to Mexico.
1: <laughs> where's Wally? That's good. that's good. That's good. I wish I had
0: thought of that. Where's Wally? Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe as revenge for Mildred trying to like pin him for murder. Hmm. Yeah, he steals all of her money and yeah, drives off to Mexico and she has yeah. to chase him. Yeah. Yeah. Very good.
1: Oh, I really feel like I should have thought of that. Where's Wally? Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: Never mind. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you so wish. Mm-hmm. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth to access all the bonus features that Harry mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Yeah. And next week, Harry, we are throwing it back to you. Yeah. What have you got for me?
1: Uh, it should be a good time, I think. Okay. Cool. Maybe. I don't know.
0: You're squinting, so I'm guessing it could go either way. Yeah,
1: eh, I, never, I never know with you. Okay. Um, no, I reckon it's going to be good. I'm, gonna, I'm taking you to the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, a very good time, yeah. Yeah, I did think about going like right back to to an old timey film and I was just to sort of keep on, on 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 topic with this, couldn't find a single one that looked like it might be good. Okay. well, um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's <laughs> only the golden era of Hollywood, Harry. Sure it is, yeah. yeah.
1: They, they, they didn't have color back in those days so okay. there was no gold okay yeah sure no.
0: mm-hmm.
1: now it's the golden era
0: cinema okay sure yeah yeah now like you know who needs all of our eve mildred pierce and sunset boulevard when you've got free guy deadpool and <laughs> i don't know what else we watched recently old <laughs> <laughs> truly we are living in a golden age yeah.
1: <laughs> oh dear yeah so uh we're gonna do dante's peak
0: Oh, interesting. Have you seen it? I have. I love a good volcano movie.
1: Okay, yeah. I really wanted to do a disaster movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Why did we th-
0: never do any volcano movies when we did our disaster movie season?
1: don't know. It just didn't come up. True. Really? I think we tried to do end of the world movies. And this one isn't quite end of the world.
0: No, it's just, yeah. Um, also, didn't you do Dante's Peak versus Volcano? Volcano on two, geeks on, two Movies. Yes, yeah, so maybe we were burnt out at the time on those films, but...
1: I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was like, oh, I've seen them, but kind of recently. Yeah. You know, like a couple months ago. Whereas now it's been enough time. So I'm coming back to this. We're going to do Dante's Peak.
0: Okay, I'm excited for that. I I think this is going to be a good time. I love a silly disaster movie and I remember this one being very silly. So I'm here for this. Yeah, Yeah,
1: no, I I just forgot how silly it was. And it's Mm -hmm. like, if it's trying to be too serious, then you're probably not going to have very much fun with it. Mm -hmm. But at least I can get on board with all the destruction. Yeah, that's fine. Because I like that kind of shit. I'm aware, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great, well, thank you very much for listening. Yep. Thank you for subscribing. Mm -hmm. And we will see you again next week.
0: Join us next week for Dante's Peak. Yeah.
1: See you later. Bye. Bye.
3: Get out before I kill you.